0: Welcome to the show. Today is International Women's Day. Let me say, morning, studio. Morning. morning, Amy. How are you? Doing good. How about you? Good. Tell all of our listeners what today, International Women's Day, is about.
1: It's recognizing amazing women all over, lifting each other up, encouraging people that are listening, and just amplifying women all around, promoting them left and right.
0: So that's what we're trying to do today. I mean, today we will do an all uh, all woman dance party. Yep. All woman artists. We will have Andrea Kramer from ESPN. We will have Kendra Scott on. Amy's doing all the Tell Me Something Good. You're doing the Good News Countdown. It's all about women. Today's just a big day. Let me just say there's going to be
1: a lot of me today.
0: There's a lot of Amy today. (laughs) That's right. Bobby's lifting me up. I'm lifting her up. That's right. I thought I lifted her up as high as I could. I was wrong. (laughs) I can lift even harder.
1: Well, I just want to encourage, too, it's also a day to just remind everyone listening to try to lift up women in their... Their lives, Like whatever that looks like for you. Can you shop a, a, a women-owned business? Can you support someone on Instagram? Can you send a text to someone in your life that you look up to that Im- inspires you and, and let them know that? That's all about empowering women. That's what today is about. It
0: can be the smallest of yes. gesture, mm-hmm. but it can mean the most to someone. Uh, now, what we're doing throughout the show, much like fourth grade, I said, hey, you guys create a 90-second report on a woman. It doesn't have to be in your life or just that you know about so maybe somebody famous in history, alive, not alive. There were no rules. It just had to be an awesome woman. So we're gonna do ninety-second reports. Amy's up first. Here we go
2: ninety-second presentation for International Women's Day.
0: Amy, who do you have over there?
1: Robin Roberts.
0: Okay, here we go. Amy is now doing Robin Roberts, and begin.
1: So make your mess your message. This is something I learned from my girl, Robin Roberts. Her mom often said it to her, encouraging Robin not to hide, but to share more of herself when life threw her some curveballs. This became the catalyst for her success. Now, a lot of us know Robin from Good Morning America, but she's been killing it way before then. She was a basketball star at Southeastern Louisiana University and was later inducted into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame. Throughout school, she stayed close to her true passion in broadcast journalism, which really began to take root in her life when she landed a sportscaster position on ESPN. Now, she certainly has an impressive resume, but it's her vulnerability that has captured our hearts. She inspired us all when she courageously invited us to walk alongside her as she faced two life-threatening illnesses. Her 2020 primetime special, Robin's Journey, and her best-selling book, Everybody's Got Something, became her platforms for sharing her story, making her mess her message, and encouraging those on a similar path. Robin is a trailblazer and an inspiring leader for all women, and I'm honored to call her friend, being that we occasionally DM on Twitter. <laughs> okay, maybe we've DM'd like twice, but still, <laughs> she's my friend, and I look up to her. So thank you, Robin, for all that you do, and just being an inspiration to me because we have a lot in common. You know, she played basketball; I played seventh grade okay. basketball. She's in media; I'm in media. She has makes her mess her message. We have pimp and joy. Love you, Robin. Right, there it is, So
0: maybe everybody. Yeah. All right, Ramundo, you're up next. 90 second presentation
1: for
3: International
4: Women's Day. Yeah, Bobby, I have Little Peanut from Brooklyn.
0: Wait, what? Judge Judy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> okay. the title
1: of your book report. I'm already intrigued. All right,
0: I'm starting your 90 seconds. Go ahead. She was really short,
4: wasn't good at ballet, piano, or dancing. She didn't even think she was going to be famous, but she was a good talker. And she always enjoyed court shows, so she knew law was going to be what she did. There weren't many women in the field, no lawyers, judges, really, that were women. It was a male-dominated industry. So she went to law class. There were 126 men and one woman. That woman, Judge Judy. She didn't fit in. She was treated a little different, but that drove her. She was the only woman in her class, and she finished by the age of 23. All Mm. the dudes were still in law school, probably going to parties, taking forever. She was already in the jury system at that age of 23, which is crazy. They said it was extremely fast. She was petite, but that didn't stop her behind the desk. She was known as the toughest judge in America. She did over 20,000 cases, and get this, that was before she was even on TV. She didn't get the show till she was 53 years old. It was a 60 Minutes interview. They just came in, interviewed her, and said, wow, this lady is a pit bull and fierce, and there you go. After that, she gets the show. The rest is history in a male-dominated field. And, oh, yeah, she became the highest-paid TV host, making over $147 million. Male or female, she's the highest-paid. Neighborhoods are now safe. <laughs> I'm actually a little scared of Little Peanut from Brooklyn, Judge
0: <laughs> Judy. Hey, that's good.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's
0: good. Wow. Uh, her net worth is $440 million. Gosh. Ooh. All right, nice job, guys. We'll do some more later on the show. Eddie and I have Lunchbox, Morgan, we all have some. Eddie, who's yours on?
5: Oh, mine is a woman that I guarantee you don't know her name, but you've definitely heard her work. I'm going to leave it right there. Interesting. Yeah, because I say her name right now, you guys are going to be like, who's it? Okay. Just wait and see.
2: International Women's Day on the Bobby Bones Show.
4: It's the Good News Countdown. Counting down the biggest good news stories across the land.
0: Usually I host this. However, today, Amy, since it's International Women's Day, it's all up to you.
1: Thank you for the honor. I got a lot of good stories about women doing good things. Number five. So there's an Ohio kindergarten teacher named Monique Waters, and she does daily affirmations and fist pumps with her children to start the day. And she just went viral after this video was posted on Instagram of her motivating her kids. I am strong. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> Number four.
1: So I got to shout out this Girl Scout troop in Iowa. They have shattered its cookie sales goal for 2021, selling an impressive 5,000 boxes. Now, what's even more amazing about these girls is they have overcome a major obstacle. They're homeless. These are all girls that are a part of Troop 64224, and they live in an emergency homeless shelter, and they're described as not only enthusiastic, but entrepreneurial.
0: Wow, that's great. All homeless.
1: Number three. So there's this 10-year-old girl that wanted to help out her dad's roofing company. It's called Atlanta Premier Roofing. So she started him a TikTok account, and her first video was her talking to her dad about his business. And now he's getting calls nonstop. Here's the original video that has over one million views.
4: Why do you want me to make you a TikTok account? (laughs) Para que la gente que los vea y necesite servicios de roofing, him guys go call him at this number (laughs) so cute i love that oh my gosh guys thank you for all the support thank you for everything me and my dad are so grateful (laughs) for y'all we've been getting a lot of calls this morning so thank you
1: very much number two so the Fortune 500, which is a ranking of America's largest companies, reached a new record for women leaders in 2020, with 37 of the companies being led by women as compared to 33 last year. Now, the new high for women leaders marks a continuing trend of more women CEOs, which is awesome because... Back in the day, there was only like two women CEOs on the Fortune 500 list. So let's keep this trend up. Number one. So this grandmother in Texas needed open heart surgery, but she had to get vaccinated before that could happen. Well, she couldn't get an appointment. So she went to that app next door to try to see if there was any leads in her area. Well, this woman, Christy Lewis, who's 50 years old, came to the rescue and said, hey, you know what? You can have my appointment. You take my vaccine. Well, they ended up going to the appointment together and they explained the situation and the people in charge decided, hey, we're oh, just going to go ahead and give both of you the vaccination. Oh, wow.
0: Yes. So thought they were going to be okay with giving the other lady. They give them both.
1: Yep. That's what I need to do. Find somebody with a heart. That's women supporting women right there. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's for women. Let me get a vaccine. <laughs> All right. There you go.
4: That was The Good News
0: Countdown International Women's Day On the Bobby Bones Show Amy, you ran into one of our old interns?
1: Yes, so I think I've told you how my dog Just has this crazy anxiety We're trying to figure out ways To just get her energy out More than just what we can do And so my friend Abby told me about This place called Pup Stars And they will come and like walk your dog Or run them or whatever And so they show up to my house And I open up the door And it's Lexi And I thought, oh, my God, she's like, you live here? This is your dog? And I was like, yes, this is so crazy because not only is she our old intern, but Lexi Hayden, she's also a country singer-songwriter, and we play her on Women of Country and everything. So it was just really fun to just have that nice surprise and to know that my dog is in really good hands.
0: Lexi's on right now. Hey, Lexi.
3: Hey, everybody. How are you? I'm good. I am still laughing about that story because – Amy wasn't even the one who set it up. It was Shannon. So I thought I was walking Shannon's dog all morning.
0: <laughs> so when did you guys see each other? When she got there to walk When she dog?
1: When she came to the door and brought the dog back. And that's when she was. Yeah, she looked at me and she's like, wait, you live here? And thought, oh yeah, <laughs> you're, you're walking Cara? So anyway, it was a nice
3: surprise.
0: Well, Lexi, now that you're a big country star, do you still remember Amy or no?
3: Definitely.
1: Good. She remembers the little people.
0: <laughs> we, that's what we like about Lexi. You know, Lexi still remembers the little people. How's, uh, how's, how's life in country music? How's that going?
3: It's good. I actually just got back from Key West yesterday, and I played shows in Key West all weekend, so that was super fun.
0: So you played live shows with real humans?
3: I did. There was some plexiglass in front of me, and actually the mask mandate in Key West is a lot stricter than you would think.
0: What do we not know about being a new artist in country music?
3: It's just a huge roller coaster. One day it's up, one day it's down, and you just got to keep grinding.
0: You know, you put out uh, You Heard Right. It's six songs. You put that out last year in 2020. How's that doing for you?
3: it done great. And I know it's like a weird time to be putting out music because you can't really tour anything and um, trying to do the TikTok thing and get people to notice. Um, but, I mean, it's been great. It's been fun and just trying to write for the next project now.
0: Okay, I'm going to play. There are seven songs on this. Sorry. I'm going to play for all of our audience here because I do program you into the women of our country sometimes. I'm going to put you now on this show. We're going to play sad songs from... from, Thank
3: you so much.
0: (laughs) you're, You're welcome. Tell me about this song before we play it.
3: So I wrote this with my producer, Derek George and Michael White, and it was the fifth single we put out. I wasn't expecting i mean i wasn't you never expect anything as an artist but it it did really well for me and ended up on like five apple music playlists spotify playlists and then it was the first song to be on the women of iheart country show so this one definitely surprised me
0: what do you remember before i played the song what do you remember about interning here on this show because that's been how many years ago was that lexi
3: I was 20. I'm 27 now. So that was seven we years ago. We okay. first got here. We can't Crazy. even have
0: interns now. We haven't, They haven't let us have interns in years because of some law now where you got to pay people to work. Who knew? But, <laughs> but when you yeah. were... What, what do you remember mostly about interning here?
3: Uh, that was like the best summer ever. Like, so much fun. Like, being 20 years old, being in Nashville for the first time, meeting every country music artist you can ever think of, and just making friends with every intern. That was That was like one of the top summers ever.
0: For well, sure. You guys, check out Lexi. Give us your Instagram name, Lexi, so people can follow you.
3: Um, Lexi Hayden, L E X I E H A Y D E N. Bobby Bonson.
0: The latest from Nashville and Hollywood.
3: Morgan Number Two's
6: Thirty Second Skinny. A special edition of the Thirty Second Skinny for today's International Women's Day. Here are some female artists talking about their big hits. Mary Morris revealed an unexpected reaction to her song "Girl." I've had a lot of guys tell me that the song and watching the video really opened their eyes to their relationship with their girlfriend or their wife or their daughter. And so I thought that that was really cool to not just have that female reaction, but also the men that have told me that it affected them as well in a positive way. Lauren Elena shares who inspired her to write Road Less Traveled. When I was growing up, my favorite artists were Shania Twain and Martina McBride and all of these really empowering women that, like, meant the world to me and made me feel so good about myself, and I, you know, with... This writing process, I was trying to write songs that mean something to me. Reba McIntyre on why she recorded the song, I'm a Survivor. I'm a Survivor is a song that I fell in love with the first time I heard it because it is dealing with a woman being strong and she perseveres. She goes on with life. I'm Morgan number 2. That's your Skinny.
4: It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good.
1: So since it's International Women's Day, I want to share this story about a woman who is really making a difference for her community. Her name's Katie, and she saw an abandoned lot in Detroit, and she envisioned a better use for the space. So she bought the lot and has turned it into an ice skating rink for the neighborhood kids to use. And here's a clip of Katie talking about everything being donated by the community. Every single donation, every, everything we've done has been free and from the community. So it's, it's made it work. But the kids show up with just the excitement of getting on. Yeah, I just love that she had a vision for this parking lot that nobody else saw. And she's making it happen.
0: That's cool. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good.
7: Bobby Bone Show.
4: Bonehead. Story up
0: the day.
7: This story comes with us from Phoenix, Arizona. A man was at home Sunday night when someone was trying to break into his apartment. So he called 911. Hey, someone's trying to break in. Send the cops. Cops came. Only problem is he forgot to hide all his drugs. He was dealing drugs out of his apartment. He had all of them sitting right there on the kitchen table. Mm. And he didn't realize he could get arrested because they were trying to break in. So they arrested him for all sorts <laughs> of felonies. I'm Lunchbox. That's your Bonehead Story of the Day.
1: International Women's Day on the Bobby Bones Show with Amy Brown. So something that empowers me the most about being a woman in 2021 is seeing other females do really big things. I mean, no matter your political views, it's pretty legit to see a female vice president. A lot of other women way before now fought really hard for equal rights and they aren't around to see the fruits of their labor. But for me, being a woman here in 2021, I'm thankful for those past women so that I can witness history being made. It's pretty awesome.
2: The Bobby Bones Show. Celebrating International Women's Day.
0: On The Bobby
4: Bones Show now.
0: Amy McCready. I thought it was about time we brought a parenting expert onto this show. I feel like we all need it. We all have questions, right? So we brought in – let me me say a few things about Amy before I pull her up here. She is the founder of Positive Parenting Solutions. She's the author of two best-selling parenting books. If I have to tell you one more time – And the me, me, me epidemic. She's been seen everywhere from CBS This Morning, Fox & Friends, Rachel Ray, Steve Harvey, CNN, the doctors and others. She's probably a little too smart to be on this show, but we're (laughs) extremely happy she's here. Amy McCready, everybody. Hi, Amy. How are you?
8: I am great. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, on this show, we have, I mean, at least four members of the show have kids. So I've collected a lot of questions. I don't have kids. It's about time for me to start having kids. I think that happens in the next couple of years. But we have a lot of debates on this show about parenting, which is where you come in. So we're gracious for your time, and I want to start with this first question. Eddie, my best friend, one of our producers here, he's been paying his kids money for doing things in their basketball games, like making shots, steals, rebounds. How do you feel about a parent paying their kids for sports?
8: On the surface, that may make sense, but the research actually shows that when we – use external rewards, whether it be money or gift cards like Amy was talking about with doing chores, it actually erodes the kid's internal interest in doing that task. So it may work in the short term, but when you think about it, when we use rewards, it sends the message to our kids that, you know what, this must be really hard or a really undesirable task if I'm willing to pay you for it. And then over time, what happens is that the rewards lose their luster. So, you know, a $5 bill may be really motivating at first, but then after a while, you have to keep upping the ante. And so over time, it's just not sustainable.
0: And you mentioned Hmm. Amy. We have two Amys here, but Amy, my co-host, she did. She said, (laughs) hey, I've got all these old gift cards, and you let your kids draw out of like a bucket If they do a task, right? Right,
1: and it's not for their everyday. They have chores that are just expected of them as part of the family. Like there's things that are expected. There's no monetary gain from them at all whatsoever. I guess I just thought the the grab bag of the gift cards might be incentive to do extra things. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense though.
8: Well, and I think, too, and you said that before on the show, Amy, like that you expect your kids to contribute because they're members of the family and everybody has to contribute for the family to function. But what you described, I kind of call jobs for hire. So things that are outside of their normal responsibilities, if you want to pay kids to do that, like it's their way to make extra money to save for things, or you want to reward with a gift card, nothing wrong with that. But it's outside the scope of what they're normally expected to do.
0: You guys taking notes over there? Oh yes. yeah, Absolutely. I need to see pen to paper. Right, <laughs> no, I got down. it. Down. But
1: that's what I, I guess I'm still. Com- yeah.
0: Uh, Amy McCready's on. Our Instagram is Positive Parenting Solutions. What about whenever a parent looks down and goes, "You can eat everything on that plate, or you're not getting out of that chair." <laughs> How do you feel about that?
8: <laughs> well, again, we as parents, I think, do things with the best of intentions, but sometimes it just sends the wrong signal, and. In that situation with the food, again, it becomes a task, a burden, something the kid has to do, rather than we want them to learn to eat because it nourishes their body, it keeps them healthy, that's why we want them to exercise or play basketball or all those things. We want them to foster that internal motivation to do those things. But when we kind of force it, you have to eat this, so you're not leaving the chair, you're not getting dessert until you eat your broccoli, then it makes broccoli the really yucky stuff that they have to stomach just to get to the good stuff with the dessert. So I'm kind of a fan of just teaching about healthy eating options and making it a pleasant experience at the table for everybody. And that usually works out best in the long run.
0: You know, On this show, there's a debate because – There are kids age 13 all the way down to two, and it's, at what age is the safest and healthiest for a kid to get a cell phone? What do you think it is?
8: Uh, Well, I get this question all the time, and I don't think there's a magic age. I think it's when the child is ready for it and when he needs it. So I usually ask three questions. And the first one is, do they actually need it? Like, during normal times when kids have after-school activities and they're getting picked up and they may have to coordinate rides, like, That's a reason that they need a cell phone. The second thing is, do you feel like they're responsible enough to use it safely and to follow your rules? So you have rules for technology. Can they follow those? And if so, then perhaps they're ready for a cell phone. And then the third rule or the third litmus test kind of has to do with the parent. So are you committed to doing the training on how to safely use it? Are you willing to follow through on the boundaries that you've set? And are you willing to model responsible behavior with technology? So if all three of those conditions are met, then I think, yeah, it's fine to get a cell phone. But obviously start out with a starter phone without Internet access and let them learn how to use it successfully before they go to a more advanced phone.
0: We're going to come back for one more segment with Amy McCready where I want to ask about a couple of things. One, spanking. Also, want to let all of you guys ask a question about your kids specifically, and I want to ask about when do you start talking about the birds and the bees with kids? Oh, boy. Because I'm still waiting to have that talk. (laughs) Somebody to have that talk with me. All right, Amy McCready coming back.
1: International Women's Day on the Bobby Bones Show with Amy Brown. So when I think about the next generation of women, I just hope they continue to rise up. I mean, women before us did it. We're doing it now, but I hope the future generation just kind of blows us all out of the water with their strength, their tenacity, their ambition, their ideas, their talent. I mean, really, the list goes on. I mean, women just flat out are amazing, and we always have been, but I guess when I yeah, think about the next generation, I just hope that they don't have to work as hard proving their worth at all. That it'll just be known and completely understood by all. The Bobby Bones Show. Celebrating International Women's Day.
0: On The Bobby Bones Show now. Amy McCready. All right, so around the room, all you guys will ask Amy a question. Okay, what come to you. I have a couple other things I want to ask first as you guys prepare. It's about spanking. To spank or not to spank? That is the question.
8: (laughs) That is the age-old question, isn't it? And I know family philosophies differ on this, but as a parenting educator, I think there's always a more effective option than spanking, for so many reasons. I mean, there's a growing body of research that shows that kids who are spanked at young ages, and I'm not talking about abuse, I'm talking about a swat on the bottom, Uh, The research shows that those kids tend to be more aggressive and then they're prone to more um, behavior problems in adolescence. Spanking also sends the message that, you know what, it's okay for you to let your anger out in frustration uh, by hitting somebody else or that a stronger, more powerful person can hit a smaller, less powerful person. And that's not the long-term message that we want to send on a very practical level. What happens when a child is being spanked, they go into that fear mode, right? And for any human, when we're experiencing fear or pain or anxiety or shame, we shut down. And the learning event isn't actually taking place. So there are so many more effective parenting tools that actually help teach the kids the lesson, help them make better choices for the future, rather than spanking or punishing them for something that's happened in the past.
0: I have one final question for her. Then you guys can ask yours. And then um, we have exhausted her time. We have an expert on. We like to squeeze as much out of an expert as we can when we get them on here. (laughs) Um, What What's the age for the birds and the bees talk?
8: Well, that talk should start early and happen often Mm -hmm. uh, because the sexual researchers say that 10 is the new 16, so girls and boys are going through puberty earlier than ever, and when you combine that with everything they're exposed to in the media and on the Internet, we really have to up our game there and have that conversation often. But it starts early with a lot of little conversations. It's not one big talk. So we can start when they're toddlers by calling all their parts the, the right names and having those conversations. Again, the research tells us that kids are way more comfortable talking about that than their parents are. So it's kind of our job to Even if we're not comfortable, fake it, act comfortable, and try to have those conversations as often as you can, because obviously, when kids are in their tween and teen years, we want them to feel comfortable coming to us. Our job is to give them the right information so that they can make informed choices, but obviously,
1: that are aligned with our family values.
0: Amy McCready is on with us. You can follow her on Instagram at Positive Parenting Solutions. Amy, what is your question?
1: Well, I have a 13 year old daughter, actually, she'll be 14 really soon. And she's super responsible, wakes up for school on time, is always in the car, ready to go, does all her homework. But on Saturdays, she loves to sleep. Like she could sleep until (laughs) 2pm if I don't wake her up. And most Saturdays. If I let her do it, but then I wonder, what should any teenager be allowed to sleep until 2 p.m.? And part of me starts to feel like I'm not making the right decision. So is it okay one day a week to let her have that morning?
8: I think it is. As long as she's getting her other responsibilities done, she seems healthy in other ways, she's getting outdoor activity. You know, for um, younger kids, if they're kind of sleep deprived during the week, they actually can't catch up. But for tweens and teens, you know, if they're a little sleep-deprived during the week, they actually can. Their bodies can catch up on the weekend, and it sounds like that's what she's needing. So she sounds super responsible, and I'm sure she's healthy. So I don't see a big problem with it as long as her weekends are fulfilling, you know, once she gets up.
1: Oh, she's going to love you. <laughs> uh,
5: <laughs> Eddie, you're on. What would you like to say? Yeah. Hi, Amy. So we're talking about this me, me, me syndrome. And I feel like I go through this with my kids all the time. All they think about is me, me, myself, myself, and not about others. And then we, on the show, we read stories about these kids that are donating thousands of dollars from this lemonade stand that they start, they start or whatever. And I, if you have any suggestions or recommendations to get kids to stop thinking about themselves so much and start thinking about, ooh, like, let's help other people. And I feel like I do a pretty good job being an example. So is there is that one way to do it? And are there, are there any more ways to do it?
8: There are. And you said the most important thing is be the example you want your kids to be. But I think you could take that one step further and really make it a family value. So one of the tools that I love to teach is the family meeting. And it's like once a week we get together, we talk about the family calendar, we talk about what's going on, we have a family fun activity. It's a great ritual to start. But one component of that for you could be, all right, what is our family Um, what is our family gratitude exercise for this week? Or what is our family philanthropy, our giving? Whatever that happens to be, you can actually have some focus that the whole family engages in for that week. And that really then reinforces that, oh, this is who we are. This is part of our family value. And then obviously we know that kids take that with them um, and, and will start to act in those
0: ways on their own. All right, one more question. Lunchbox.
7: Yeah, Amy, I got a. I got a two and a half year old, and timeout. We're trying this timeout thing, and half the times <laughs> he'll do stuff and look at me and go, "Go timeout!" Like he likes timeout. But then when I'm really angry and I do want to put him in timeout, he won't stay in timeout. So what do you do?
8: Oh, that is the classic dilemma. And you're right, especially if you have a strong-willed child. They're like, yeah, right. Like, how are you going to keep me in timeout? And as he gets a little bit older, like, what are you going to do? Sit on him to keep him in the timeout chair? So, again, I like to look at, okay, what is the specific behavior that we're trying to change? Like, can you give me an example of something he would go to timeout for?
7: Oh, he has a little brother, and he'll just take toys and hit him with the toy.
8: Oh, yeah, not good. (laughs) So, first, obviously, supervision for a young child like that is super important. But the other thing that you can do is just redirect him in the moment to something else that is more interesting. But putting him in timeout, either gives him a big hit of attention because he has all of your attention on him at that moment and or um, escalates the power struggle. So it becomes this battle with you, and he's not even thinking about the toy anymore. One One of the great solutions for that toy thing is if you have you can kind of have like a sharing list where let's say one is trying to steal a toy from the other. You could say, Oh, you want to use the toy. Let me put your name on the sharing list or on the waiting list. And that way they have to wait till, you know, it's their turn for the toy. But for that general kind of hitting stuff, it's especially a child that young, it's more about just keeping at such a tight eye on them all the time and then redirecting them when the time comes.
0: Amy, we really appreciate your time. Amy McCready, you guys check out PositiveParentingSolutions.com to sign up for her free online class. She got two books, if I have to tell you one more time, in the Me, Me, Me epidemic and follow her on Instagram at Positive Parenting Solutions. Amy, thank you. You were a, a wonderful resource for all of us and every single question we've had over the past five years, it seems. <laughs> Thank you, Bobby and friends. It was a delight. All right, there
4: she is. Amy McQueen.
0: Here's Amy's pile of stories.
1: So OneCountry.com took a look at female country songs from the 90s and picked these to be the ones that we all still sing along to every time we hear them. Hmm. Top five.
0: Gotta be Shania Twain in there. If it's 90s, it's gotta be, you know, any man of mine. Good guess. It's gotta be Shania. Who else would we pick, though? Faith Hill, Gotta be a Faith Hill. Trisha Yearwood. Strawberry One. Mm-hmm. She's a lovely oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, Dina yeah, Carter. That's a good one, too. Yeah, these all We're right, all good. Give us number five
1: Wild One, Faith Hill. Okay. She's a
3: wild
4: one with an state. She's
0: a child a state. Jam. Number four
1: Heads Carolina, Tails California, Jodie Messina. Mm, yeah, good one. 1996. Somewhere warmer. Any man of mine, Shania Twain. There we go. From 95.
0: I'm that wasn't number one, but strawberry wine definitely could be. Come on. Yeah. Number two? Strawberry
1: wine Oh, number two. Whoa! Dana Carter.
0: I wonder what one could be. Let's talk about this, boys. Can it be Shania again? Amy, is it a double up of anyone? No. Okay. No, it's
1: someone for sure from the 90s, uh-huh. big time. Like, uh, she's come over to my house.
0: She's uh, in with oh, No, it's Amy Grant. No way! No, <laughs> yeah. Trisha Yearwood. Yeah, she's, she's in love with, with the, the boy. All right, there you go. She's in love with the boy. She's in
1: love with the boy. One of the, like the coolest big-time superstars yeah. ever.
0: They come to your house?
1: Well, I mean, she's just so normal and down to earth.
0: And to come to your house?
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I should go to my house. All right. Okay, so there was a study done to find out who's your favorite type of boss or leader. Is it a man or a woman? And workplace research revealed that female managers are more likely to receive high respect from their team members, communicate their vision effectively, and in an easy to understand way.
0: I would say any of my female bosses have been as direct as any of the men, but also have an ability to have compassion, which a lot of the men haven't. Yeah, that's true. So it's just a bigger... They just kind of have all the boxes checked instead of a few. Because dudes just aren't like, "Hey, I felt that. Let me give you a little comfort as well." There's
1: not that much yeah, yeah. compassion and empathy.
0: Because all my bosses are hardcore. Like you, you know, you're at this level. They, it's business. We got to get stuff done. We got to be efficient. We got to make sure that money's being made. But also, any of my female bosses have been like, "Hey, let's talk about this for a second. Guys aren't like that. what else?
1: Well, Tim McGraw shared a story about his mom. Now, it happened when he was around 10 as she was raising Tim and his two sisters. He saw her late one night at the kitchen table surrounded by bills and crying, and he knew then how hard she struggled to keep the family afloat.
7: I can remember walking through the kitchen one night, getting up late. I don't know how old I was, 10, 11, 12 years old, something like that. And she had her head down on the table at like 2 in the morning with bills everywhere. And I was crying, and she didn't see me. But, uh... I've told her that story before, and she didn't remember it because she didn't see me. But like I said, for her, that was probably a hundred different nights I didn't know about.
0: Dang. Wow. You're getting emotional right
5: there. Yeah. yeah. Tim, Tim crying. Crazy. No,
1: and he's just proud of how, how hard his mom was working to take care of them. And I love that. I'm sure we have a lot of resilient moms out there. So shout out to all the amazing women out there. And then tonight, don't forget, we got Gwen Stefani, Kelsey Ballerini, and Cardi B set for our iHeart International Women's Day special. It's called See Her, Hear Her. And it's going to be on iHeartRadio's YouTube and Facebook pages at 8 p.m. That's across all time zones. And it's going to be available on demand through March 14th. So it's a live one-hour special with a lot of amazing women. I'm Amy, and that's my pile.
4: That was Amy's pile of stories. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell
1: me something good. So I got a shout-out to this 8-year-old girl named Peyton. She's not your average third-grade student because when she's not in school, she's out fighting a battle much bigger than herself, Child homelessness. Now, Peyton learned that there's around 2.5 million children in America who are facing homelessness each year. And she was like, well, I got to do something about this. We got to raise awareness and send funds and toys and products and all the things to homeless shelters. And she formed something called Eye of a Child. And she does just that. She sends money to shelters, mm. toys, all the things. And Peyton said, quote, if you have a dream, please follow it. Don't give up because you probably can reach your goal. And I believe in you. you you. You can check out eyeofachild.org for more info.
0: Dang, International Women's Day. That's a good story.
1: I know. It's so amazing. Like, she's eight years old. We could all be inspired by this girl.
0: International Kid Woman's Day. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right, that's (laughs) what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good.
4: Bobby Bones. It's International Women's Day. Yay! International Women's Day on
2: the Bobby Bones Show.
0: Hey, coming up, Amy will talk with Kendra Scott. Who is a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. We think maybe the second billionaire ever on our show. Wow. The first billionaire is probably, if we look back, the, the pilot, the space guy, who's going to take Lunchboxes to space, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Oh. The second one will be Kendra Scott, International Women's Day. Can we think of any other billionaire we've had on the show? Is Garth not a billionaire? No. God, but he's close. They always say he's around $600 million. Oh, okay. Mm. Not close.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and if you've ever listened to Kendra Scott's How I Built This, with uh, Guy Raz. I love that podcast. Um, it's, it, her story is amazing. She definitely didn't start out. Oh, no, we knew
0: her <laughs> when she was selling on an old beat-up table outside the yeah, radio station. She would do
1: little trunk shows. Wow.
0: So. so she'll be on later. And who are you talking to in a second?
1: Veronica Garza from Siete Foods. She's the founder and chief innovative officer there. She's. We're just highlighting amazing women today, the, uh, some that are awesome leaders and those that are rising up and we just want to empower women. So we're talking to empowered women that are empowering others.
0: Okay, all those coming up. Let's get to the morning corny first.
1: The morning corny. What is a sea monster's favorite food?
0: What's a sea monster's favorite food?
1: Fish and ships.
0: (laughs) Okay,
1: thank you.
0: That was the morning corny. It's not lost on us that... We'll go, hey, we're doing a real serious show today. We're highlighting, we're promoting. And then Amy's like, Sea Monster, fish and chips. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's how yeah. we roll. That's exactly how we roll. Okay. On the
2: Bobby Bones Show now, Veronica Garza.
1: Yep. We're on with Veronica Garza, who's the co founder, president, and chief innovation officer of Siete Family Foods. Hey, Veronica. Hi. I feel like a lot of people have probably seen Siete products at the grocery store, and they are amazing. They're a family-owned Mexican-American food brand that offers tortilla chips and more. So, Veronica, give us the quick origin story of Siete.
2: We actually started our business in 2014 with uh, an almond flour tortilla that I had started making uh, really just to deal with some uh, health issues that I experienced. I have lots of autoimmune conditions and had to change my diet, uh, go grain free to help deal with a lot of that. And my whole family decided to do that with me. We're a family of seven and we all decided to eat grain free. And then we were, um, you know, feeling great following this diet, but definitely missing out on part of our culture, not being able to participate in eating things like tortillas. So I decided to develop a tortilla that I could eat and share with me and uh, with my family.
1: And the ultimate taste tester there was uh, you got your grandmother's approval, right? I did, yeah. Um, Probably a couple of years
2: after I had been making the product, my mom took up a sample for my grandmother to try. And my grandmother tried them and said, uh, Vero, which is my nickname, these are great. They're better than my own. Um, My grandmother... Made flour tortillas, I guess, all of her adult life. So that was huge that my grandmother liked them um, and was willing to eat them. So it's kind of her stamp of approval that told us we should turn this into a business.
1: What would be your advice to women listening now who are maybe thinking about starting their own business? I know,
2: especially as women, we probably have a lot of fear um, going into something like this. So I would say, Don't let that fear hold you back uh, from actually taking the risk.
1: Uh, Do you know any country artists who are fans of Siete?
2: Yeah, so actually the person that comes to mind, and I'm a huge fan of hers,
1: is Casey
2: Musgraves. Uh, I know at least, it was probably a couple of years ago, we saw on Instagram that she had posted about us, and we were able to reach out to her and connect with her. Send her some goodies, and we even created a a special... uh, Lim- very limited edition, because only she got it, a slow burn hot sauce, uh, and that was really cool. And then it was amazing. Just a few months later, I was able to see her at ACL. She's
9: awesome.
1: Oh, yeah. I love that. Ooh, slow burn. So <laughs> would y'all ever consider making that a, a staple? I'm assuming maybe that slow burn hot sauce was pretty hot.
2: <laughs> um, Yeah. You know what? It It wasn't extremely hot. I think the kick came uh, a little bit after, uh, you tasted it, but, uh, maybe I, I'd want to get her feedback to see how she liked it. And then, uh, then we'll consider putting it out on the shelves.
1: Okay. Well, <laughs> if you ever need taste testers for other things or feedback, we're happy to participate here on the Bobby bone oh, show. Uh, what are some, you. um, characteristics of a boss? Like w- what's, what, what puts a bow on a boss for you? Okay, so honestly, I've never really identified with
2: that word. Um, I, I've never been called a boss, and I don't really think of myself at that as that. So, at least at Siete, we kind of operate more like a family, um, and we tend to think of, you know, people more as leaders. So, as a leader, um, you know, there are some characteristics that I think are very important. So, one would be humility. Um, we need to be aware of our weaknesses just as much as our strengths, um, and be able to admit when we're wrong. And then probably, uh, the next thing would be to have compassion for everybody that you work with, whether that's coworkers, employees, business partners, uh, and especially customers. You, you never know what people are going through. So, you know, just being kind and listening and, being compassionate can really help solve a lot of problems.
1: Definitely signs of a leader right there. And and I love that you you have what makes you feel comfortable and that's that you're a leader and y'all all are. And and the family component, go ahead and share with everyone. I already know it, but your company motto, which is regarding family.
2: Yeah. So our first core value is family first, family second, business third.
1: Love that. And I feel like anybody else listening, when they're starting a business, I think that y'all have modeled that beautifully, putting that first. And you don't just mean, because you did start it with your family family, but you don't just mean your family, I mean your entire Siete family. And I think that y'all even include your your customers in that as well.
2: That's exactly right. Yeah. So we're not talking about just the Garza family, the seven of us. Um, we're talking about all of the people that join have joined our team throughout the years, all of the business partners that we work with, whether it's grocery stores, uh, distributors, and yes, especially our customers, they are part of that bigger Seattle family that um, we're always thinking about
1: first. Well, we are definitely rooting you on all the way, always, and you know, we want to take this women supporting women beyond just conversation. We want to put it into action. So do you have any simple things that maybe you could share right now quickly that are easy ways to support more women?
2: Yeah. I mean, I I feel like some of these are probably pretty obvious. I mean, actively seek out businesses that are owned by women or led by women, Um, buy their products, recognize them on social media as much as you can. Uh, And if you're in a position to do so, be a mentor to women who are interested in starting their own businesses uh, so that we can see more and more women in positions like this and um, help them to become more successful.
1: Awesome. Love that. And if people want to follow y'all on social media and then also throw y'all some support, you are at Siete Foods. And thank you, Veronica, for all of the amazing food that you give us and being a great leader. Thank you
0: so much. It's International Women's Day. Amy, tell everybody what today's show is all about.
1: It's all about lifting up women and encouraging everyone listening, male and female, to reach out to someone in your life that inspires and encourages you and find a way to support women on the daily.
0: So about a week ago, I gave everybody the task of, you had to come up with a report on a historical woman, celeb, historical figure, musician, entrepreneur. It didn't matter, really. I mean, I'd say historical... History is all in the eye of the beholder, I guess. And so, Eddie, I'll let you go now with yours. Okay, here we go. You have 90 seconds. Who is yours about?
5: The amazing woman that I chose to do my report on is Carol Kay. Now, Carol Kay, you may not know her name, but you definitely have heard her work. In the last 50 years, Carol Kay has played on over 10,000 recordings as a studio musician. Wow. She plays the guitar, but mostly known for her work on the bass guitar. In the 1960s and 70s, she recorded bass lines for so many artists, including the Beach Boys, Elvis, Glenn Campbell, the Monkees, Frank Sinatra. The list goes on and on. Here are a few songs that Carol played on that you just might recognize, starting with Good Vibrations by the Beach Boys. She's me you may also have heard this song, A Little Less Conversation, by Elvis Presley. That's her on the bass.
1: All
4: this
5: ain't Here is I'm a Believer by the Monkees.
7: Then I saw her face. <laughs> now I'm a believer.
5: And then, of course, we all know Unchained Melody by The Righteous Brothers. More. That's Carol on the bass as well. She also recorded and helped create some of these famous, famous, popular TV show themes, including the Brady Bunch, Hawaii 5-0, and the original Batman song. To the Bat-mobile. <laughs> play some of Carol's music on the show here whenever Lunchbox does some uh, hidden mic stuff. Yeah. She also helped create Mission Impossible. <laughs> in 2020, Rolling Stone magazine ranked K number five in its top 50 greatest bases of all times. A lot of the times these uh, session players don't get the recognition so I felt I needed to shine a little spotlight on Carol K, the baddest woman around.
0: International Women's Day, I have Oprah Winfrey. it's who I've chosen.
2: Love it. <clears throat> 90-second presentation for
8: International Women's
0: Day. Oprah was born in Mississippi to an unmarried teenage mother. You know her name's Orpa. No. birth oh. certificate. Huh? O-R-P-A-H. Wow. Because it was after the biblical figure in the book of Ruth, but people kept saying Oprah. So that stuck. But her name is Orpa. <laughs> she grew up dirt poor. Her family was really poor. She was teased at high school and in school for uh, wearing dresses made of potato sacks. She also didn't get her first pair of shoes until she was six years old. Oprah graduated from East Nashville High in 1971, attended Tennessee State University, began her college. After college, she began her television career on Channel 5 in Nashville. And so she's doing local news. She went to Baltimore. And then here she is talking about getting fired from that job in Baltimore.
10: I was not a good television reporter. I was too emotional. I was making $22,000 a year. When, once I got demoted, they didn't want to pay out my contract. I was making $25,000 a year. They didn't want to pay me the 25000 right. So they kept me on and said, we'll put you on this talk show just to run out your contract.
0: It was called People Are Talking. And that consolation prize took off. Yeah. <laughs> She eventually became the host of The Oprah Winfrey Show, which aired for 25 seasons. Her most... Who do you think her her biggest watched interview was? Tom Cruise. Michael Jackson. Oh. Oh. 1993, becoming the most watched interview of all time with 36 million viewers in the United States. She was a billionaire. $2.6 billion. Uh, She is the richest African American of the 20th century. In 2009, the last 10 minutes of our show confirmed that Oprah would cease. September 9th, 2011, here she is talking about why she's leaving the show. So why walk
10: away and make next season the last? Here is the real reason. I love this show. This show has been my life. And I love it enough to know when it's time to say goodbye. 25 years feels right in my bones and it feels right in my spirit. It's the perfect number. The exact right time.
0: The best to ever do it. She was once told she wasn't good enough to do it. Crazy. And now she's a billionaire and interviewing Prince Harry and Markle or whatever their name Megan. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, no, yeah, Prince Harry and Markle. Meghan Markle. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Oprah Winfrey, there you go. She's who I chose today. It's time for the good news.
4: With Amy. Tell me something good.
1: Oh, man, this is crazy. So this third grader was walking out of a mall in Waco with her mom wearing her birthday crown because it was her birthday. And a homeless woman that was there was like, oh, hey, it's your birthday. I got to give you $20. And the mom and the daughter were like, no, 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 no. We cannot take your money. No. But someone had just given the homeless woman $100 and she wanted to share some with the birthday girl. Wow. Well, this really brought to attention the need in the area. So the little girl started helping. homeless in the community and they did an event where they were able to feed over 40 people and they named the event pizza my heart like pizza my my heart heart. get it and uh the young girl is hoping to make the pizza my heart day a quarterly event and is already fundraising for the next one so shout out to jada holmes you are amazing and she's only in elementary school
0: there you go that's what it's all about Uh, that was tell me something good
2: international women's day on the bobby bones show
1: Okay. On The Bobby Bones Show now, Andrea Creamer. Hey, Andrea. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Amy. How are you? I am wonderful. We're excited to have a multi-Emmy award-winning journalist and sports reporter. And you're also a lecturer at Boston University. So I want to ask you right out of the gate, Andrea, what was the most defining moment you felt when breaking through such a male-dominated industry?
9: I, I guess, Amy, it... It was so long ago. I, I I really didn't try to think about it because I think if you, if I, I think even as a very very young cub reporter that if you think about those things it can be very daunting and it can uh, dissuade you from what you're trying to do, which is ironically prove yourself that you belong. So I don't I don't think that I ever, even as I kept being hired as the first woman in various jobs, it just didn't. Phase me, people would bring it up, and I was aware of it, but i i I never wanted it to define me i wanted, i wanted I felt pressure because I wanted to perform and, and hopefully open up doors for other women down the road but I, I never let it deter me
1: yeah, I mean and that you definitely have you're you 're a trailblazer, you opened a lot of doors, so what advice would you give to young women that are looking to get into sports journalism
9: there's nothing that makes up for hard work and I I always call it doing it the right way, and that can be sort of an amorphous designation. But it does mean that there's, there's a reason that they call it paying your dues and really working your way up because it gives you incredible personal and professional capital. It gives you the experience that is just so valuable. I mean, I came up, I started off as a writer, then I was a producer, and then I got put on air. But being a writer and a producer helped me so much because when I would go out in the field, for example, and I'd work with crews and they'd say, hey, we can't get that shot or we can't get, i go, well, you know what? I think we can because I have done it before myself. Um, writing skills are so underrated. Yes, you want to get experience, but you got to know, <clears throat> pardon me, you've got to know how to write. It doesn't matter what you go into. If you go into radio, if you go into print, if obviously if you go into to video, uh, you have to know how to write. So, really working hard and then understanding, you should learn as much about as many different things as possible. It's the proverbial, the more you can do, the more you can do. And it just it just increases your value to people. Love that. And, you know, you're involved in so many
1: things. I mean, from Thursday Night Football, uh, for Amazon Prime, HBO NFL Network, and CBS Sports Network. And that's just to name a few. So what's the most fulfilling part of your job, or I should say all of your jobs?
9: (laughs) Well, I think you kind of hit it. There's something really fulfilling in each one. And, uh, you know, I was at ESPN for 17 years. And I loved it. And uh, the only reason I left is because, truthfully, I got a i got the offer i couldn't refuse from nbc to do sunday night football and to do the olympics uh, so i was very lucky that you know, i left on great terms and i i left uh, completely of my own accord but when you're at espn you can you can only work for espn can't do anything for anybody else the minute i left espn wow all these doors opened up you know when i signed with nbc uh hbo real sports who had been talking to me for years they they hired me right away and then the cbs show the first all-female sports show opened up and and that presented a totally different uh opportunity to work with some of the the best women not just broadcasters but athletes and 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 all-female staff It, it was just a great opportunity and truthfully amy you know, an all-female show. I used to call it, which, you know, kind of makes people wince a little bit, the view for sports. But that's, in essence, what the pitch was, and that's, you know, it's, it's the show has morphed into so much more than that. And then, of course, Thursday Night Football was just something that you kind of never even think of. I mean, I'm going to analyze football games. I just, it wasn't something that was ever on my radar. But Uh, truthfully, when you have, I got to say it, when you have the best agent in the business who is constantly thinking ahead and thinking about what's really great strategy-wise for your career, uh, for him to, to put both Hannah Storm and me in that position is amazing. So each, each, Each job brings its unique challenges. But listen, I mean, I'm a journalist at heart. Long-form journalism, I think, is what I do. You know, you mentioned all my awards. I mean, that's what my awards are for. It's... It's incredibly fulfilling. Uh, You know, certain stories that I've done, which you really feel have made an impact on people in a variety of ways. That's hugely important to me.
1: We're talking with Andrea Kramer, Emmy Award-winning journalist for International Women's Day. And Andrea, we want to take amplifying women beyond a conversation and put it into action. So what's a simple thing that you would share with everyone right now as a way that they can support other women?
9: Well, just that. You know, there's... What's what's the stereotype of women? Yeah, yeah, let's be catty. And trust (laughs) me, I think that men lie in wait looking for that. Mm -hmm. Well, you sure as heck don't want to feed feed that. Um, Also, Amy, truthfully, I subscribe to what your mom told you. If you got nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. But it is really important to support women. And that's one thing that I am hugely proud of my friendship and partnership with Hannah Storm. People, they can can tell what's real, okay? And ultimately, we want our listeners that are choosing the Hannah Storm, Andrea Kramer option on Amazon, Prime Video, Thursday Night Football, we want them to think, hey, you know, we're just hanging out with Hannah and Andrea watching a game. But you know what? They want to Sense and feel our personalities. They want to sense and feel our interaction. When we joke with each other, when we Hannah went to Notre Dame, the world knows that. I never let her forget that. I don't let the audience forget it. All right, Hannah, here we go, another Golden Domer. You know what? Just joking with people, but but supporting each other is very, very genuine. You know, Amy, I'm all about action. You can talk a lot about things, but let your actions truly speak for themselves. And I think that, that what Hannah and I have together is is something that that really does that. It speaks for itself.
1: Well, Andrea, thank you for all of your wisdom today. It's truly an honor to... Have you on. So thanks for joining us for International Women's Day. Andrea Kramer, everybody.
9: Well, thank you, Amy. Thanks for having me on. And to you, your families, your listeners, everybody stay healthy and safe out there. All right. Thanks. Bye. Right, Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: International Women's Day on The Bobby Bones Show. All right. We have two reports left. But by the way, go back and listen to the podcast. You'll hear 90-second reports on Judge Judy from Raymundo. Amy had Robin Roberts. I did Oprah Winfrey. Eddie did... Carol Kay. Carol Kay, a bassist. Uh, Up left is Morgan number 2 in Lunchbox. Morgan, you're up first.
6: Well, I have Dolly Parton.
0: All right, here we go. 90-second
6: presentation for International Women's Day. Dolly Parton is a legendary singer-songwriter, performer, actor, philanthropist, and just an all-around cultural icon. And yes, she even has her own theme park. Out of the thousands of... songs she's written. Her biggest hits include Jolene. Jolene. Jolene, Jolene Jolene, I Will Always Love You, 9 to 5, Code of Many Colors, and Islands in the Stream with Kenny Rogers. The that is what we are. And that's just to name a few. And Dolly didn't get where she is without being multi-talented. There's at least eight instruments we know of that Dolly can play, including the banjo, saxophone, guitar, and piano. Dolly Parton didn't always have things easy, though. She grew up very poor and was one of 12 kids. During her first performance on the syndicated television show, The Porter Wagner Show, she was booed off stage. And now she's been married to her husband, Carl Dean, for 55 years this May. She founded the Imagination Library to make sure kids all over had access to books. And that was in honor of her father, who was never able to read or write. And that program has since given out over 150 million books. Dolly's ability to have fans of all walks of life And continually inspire those fans Is what makes her legendary But not only that She turned down Elvis Presley's request To record one of her famous songs She's been nominated for a Grammy 50 times wow. She wrote her first song at the age of 5 And she holds two Guinness World Records I totally stand Dolly
0: Parton There it is Good Yeah. One. And wrapping up our presentations today Lunchbox, what are you doing? Someone by the name of Anime Bullock. Okay, I also, think, yeah. Also, okay. Here also, we go. yeah. Here we go. Hit it. <laughs> Ninety-second
2: presentation for International Women's Day.
7: Let me introduce you to Anime Bullock. Oh, you don't know that name. Does the name Tina Turner ring a bell? That's right. From (laughs) Nutbush City, Tennessee, the one, the only Tina Turner. She wants to teach all of you women and all you kids and all you people out there. If you want something, you go get it. She was in a club in St. Louis. She sees Ike's band up there. She's like, I want to sing. She goes up to Ike, says, let me sing on that mic. He goes, yeah, yeah, I'll call you. He never calls. So during intermission, she gets on the mic and sings, and Ike's like, this girl's amazing. Says, you're going to be in my band. And then Ike writes a song for another dude, and they go to the studio to record it. The guy never shows up. And Tina Turner says, I'll sing it. Sings it, and that's what gets them the record deal. It was supposed to be a demo, and it was just supposed to be thrown in the trash. Ike and Tina, the review, they go on to have huge success, make Grammys. They're nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But, but, <laughs> Ike is a jerk. Yeah. Abusive. He beats Tina and she's tired of it. So finally, one night they land in Dallas. On the way to the hotel, he beats her. She sneaks out of the hotel and hides and she files for divorce and she walks into that courtroom and she says, I don't want any of the money. I don't want the houses. All I want is my name. And Ike Turner had trademarked Tina Turner. So she wasn't going to be able to get it. She said, that's all I want because I want to be able to perform. And she got the name. And for seven years, she performed at hotels and things. And she was just a novelty act. Then she hits it out of the park with Let's Stay Together. She does the cover. That Whoa. She does. Private Dancer. Two weeks. She makes the album. She goes on to sell over 100 million records. Do you understand? She sent a Guinness Bunker World Record. She was performing for 180,000 people in Brazil, the most ever for a single artist at that time. She is one of the greatest of all time, 12 Grammy Awards. She was the first female and first black artist on the cover of Rolling Stone. So if you want something, you go get it. That is Tina Turner, and I'm gonna cry.
0: There it is. laughing?
1: Because he loves, yeah, he Tina, he loves Turner, Tina Turner, and he always has, and I, I love seeing him I'm so I'm telling passionate. you guys, there
5: wasn't a lot written down in front of him. That was all in no, his heart. No, he was... Well, was, obviously, because yeah. he didn't time it. It's was about four minutes long.
7: <laughs> hey, her, tu- her, her tour in 1988, over four million fans. The most ever for a female artist. Dang. Hey, Scuba, we've been trying to get Tina Turner for like ten years. Oh, my God.
0: Listen, oh, really? Listen. Wait, and no one's been... At, uh, we, we've tried to get her for... Uh, Fifteen years. On I
5: didn't. I, did I did not know this. So I'll get her on. If you're okay with it, I'll put her on the show. Would love to have her on. We've, all right, let's do we've it. tried unsuccessfully for years.
7: Okay, I'll do it. Listen, she has the the thing on HBO Max coming out, and she's up for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If we can get her on, oh, that's true.
0: The HBO Max thing may actually be. Oh
7: my gosh! A way in to go. We'd like to interview her. Can I at least ask one question though when I, she comes on? You can ask all the questions. <laughs>
0: That's it. Do nice have nice job, everybody. International Women's
1: Day on the Bobby Bones Show with Amy Brown. So I became a mom three years ago when I adopted two kids from Haiti. And as for my 13-year-old daughter, I really hope that our relationship builds up her self-esteem. Like, I want her to know that she is loved, that she is awesome, and that she has the ability to grow up and do anything she wants. I also want her to know that I'm always in her corner and she'll never have to be alone. And, you know, that's what I want for the women that listen to our show, like whatever they're going through, I don't want them to feel alone. I want to empower them by sharing and highlighting other women's stories, stories of perseverance that offer a lot of hope. International Women's Day on
2: the Bobby Bones Show.
1: Okay. On the Bobby Bones Show now, Kendra Scott. So super excited to be joined right now by fashion designer and TV personality, Kendra Scott. Hey, Kendra. Hey. Amy, how are you? I'm doing good. Now, Kendra Scott joins Forbes Lists of America's richest self made women, thanks to her fast growing jewelry line. And Kendra, I remember listening to your episode with Guy Raz on how I built this. And I was just so fascinated. Plus, being that I was born and raised in Austin, I, I knew of your line early, early on. So I feel like I've watched your business grow. And it makes me think about my daughter because she loves to make bracelets and she gets so excited when they sell out online and she uses what she makes to, you know, buy supplies and then keeps a little for her hard work. And then she donates the rest to the orphanage that she grew up that in Haiti. So I'm just curious what advice that you would give young girls that want to start their own business.
10: Well, first of all, I want to hire your daughter. So we got to work on, we got to work on that. She absolutely sounds like an amazing girl. Oh my goodness. You must be so proud of her, Amy. I am. I am. you know, I think, first of all, you have to do something you love, right? you got to be passionate about it. You've got to be excited, um, and I think that's key. You know, I just invested on the last Shark Tank episode in this amazing 17-year-old girl who started a sauce company called Sienna Sauce, and she started it, making her sauces when she was just eight years old, so you're never too young to start, um, and if you've got a dream, you've got a great idea. You know, go for it and try to do something that no one else is doing. You know, I always say be disruptive Um and that there's no dream that's too big. You know, I started with five hundred dollars out of my extra bedroom, making everything by hand, selling my product door to door. No way! In a million, bazillion years would I have thought you would have just said the words you said that I am one of Forbes' richest self-made women at the time. Uh, I was just hoping to pay my rent, Amy. So uh, don't you know? Don't think your dream is too big. Truly, you know, I'm a. I'm here to say that you know, truly anything is possible.
1: And Kendra, what made you decide to encourage philanthropy? You know, I mentioned that my daughter likes to donate back to the orphanage in Haiti, but you've made philanthropy as one of your core values of your company. So um, why was that super important to you?
10: You know, I lost my stepfather to brain cancer. Um, When I was just a junior in high school, he was diagnosed. And from that moment, my whole life changed. Um, You know, I realized how precious life was. And he was such an example of helping others and really enforcing to me that we have a short time on this earth. And while we're here, we need to do something good. We need to make a positive impact. And so my first company I started, I did headwear for women undergoing chemotherapy, men and women. Um, Because of him, he inspired me to do that. And, And when that business didn't work out the way I wanted it to, and I started my jewelry line, I knew that for me, success would mean to be able to make a difference in the world. That when I'd sit on my front porch, you know, at 80, 90 years old, that I wanted to look back and know that I did something good, that I helped people around me, and I made a difference. And that's how we measure success at Kendra Scott, uh, and and that's for all of us. And so from day one, you know, I was making necklaces at the charity called for a silent auction, because that's what I could do. Um, I couldn't write a big check because I didn't have the money in my account to do that. But now, as we've grown over the last 19 years, we've been able to do both. We've been able to show up physically, build homes for, for people through Habitat for Humanity. We've been able to give large research grants to Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Uh, we're able to help local communities by you know, saying, like, look, is there a flood? Is there a hurricane? How can we come in and help you locally? So since 2010, we've given $40 million, Amy, to women's and children's charities, which is like, I think for me, the the biggest number. I'm the most proud of of what we're doing, uh, which just blows me away.
1: No, it's truly amazing. I love that. And can you share with our listeners about the hashtag Choose to Challenge for International Women's Day? I would love to hear more about that.
10: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, you know, what a day. It's never been a better time to be a woman. And I think it's so important that, you know, we really do challenge ourselves to try to do more. And I always say that as women, when we hold hands, when we stand together and lift each other up, it we've got, you know, it's stopping breaking those barriers of putting each other down, right? It's time to lift each other up, hold hands, support each other. And when we do that, we're unstoppable. Uh, right now, you know, I'm challenging myself uh, to help raise the amount of venture capital given to women-founded companies. Only 17% of funding goes to women-founded companies. That, to me, is just not okay. And so my challenge is that I want to see that change. And and even with my, uh, you know, exposure on Shark Tank this, this season, you'll see I invested in a lot, you know really all female-founded companies, not just because they were female, because they were the best ones there and the greatest ideas. Uh, And so I'm excited. I think we all need to choose to challenge ourselves in how we can support women, how we can support and believe in ourselves as women to really go after our dreams and achieve success and happiness in our lives.
1: So, you know, we want to take this uh, beyond conversation, this women empowering women, beyond just talk. So, What are some simple things that everyone can do right now to support more women?
10: You know, I think that's a really beautiful thing to say. First of all, be there for each other. Um, Celebrate. When you hear someone have an achievement, another friend, uh, a promotion at their job, they're starting a business, Uh, I want to see us women reaching out with celebration, with congratulations, with, again, that lifting each other up and showing up for each other. Uh, This this mentality of, of being jealous or, you know, all of those things, we've got to put those actions outside of our brain. When we put out good, positive energy, it will come back to us. Good things happen to good people. I believe it with my whole heart. And I think that's such an easy thing for us to do, you know, and support local businesses owned by women. Uh, and and do what you can to just go out there and really support them day to day. You know we have to raise awareness against bias and take action for ourselves. Fight for your higher pay. Go in and not be afraid to say I deserve this. I am working hard for this. Use your voice to make a difference in a positive way.
1: Well, Kendra, thank you so much for your encouragement today. Uh, if people want to find you on Instagram, you are at Kendra Scott. And I'll get my daughter, Stashira, to stick a bracelet in the mail for you. Oh, I can't
10: wait. And I've got an episode three coming out from that I was on for Shark Tank later this
1: spring. Don't have a date yet, but should be soon. So we'd love for you guys to watch. It'll be another great one. Oh, for sure. We love seeing you on Shark Tank. you As an Austinite, you, I, I feel like a a bond with you. But I know that women all over are definitely cheering you on always. Oh, thank you so much. And happy International
10: Women's Day. You are an amazing woman, Amy. And I'm so happy that we could talk today. Awesome.
1: Yeah, same here. Thanks, Kendra. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thank you. International Women's Day on the Bobby Bones Show.
0: The See Her, Hear Her event. It's happening. So that's on Facebook tonight, like or YouTube, 8 YouTube, o'clock.
1: YouTube and yeah. Facebook, both at 8 p.m. across the board, all time zones.
0: Yes. Also check out the Seneca Women's Podcast. A hundred women's voices featured all month on the iHeartRadio app. Each episode you hear from many different women who made a huge impact. They will motivate generations of women to be brave, be bold, and be heard. Also gotta thank Allergan Aesthetics for supporting us and for supporting women on International Women's Day. All right, we'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye everybody.
4: The Bye Bye Show.